Please listen carefully. And I'm Dave Guzman. And this is Practical Bass, where each week we take a topic of interest to you, the working bass player, and we dissect it and look at it from a few different angles and hopefully pass on some knowledge that helps you, the working bass player, take your gigs and your gear to the next level. That is our mission here. That is our mantra. And uh, we do love to hear from you about what you've picked up from the podcast or in other places you have suggestions, if you have feedback of any kind, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at the website, practicalbase.com, but you can also email us directly at podcast at practicalbase.com. And Dave and I pick up the mail there regularly, and we love to hear from listeners. Uh, we also hope that you'll share this with folks. You can find it everywhere that podcasts can be found, and we hope that uh, that you'll subscribe and share this with your musician friends. Um, today we have an interesting topic, I think, which is something that is not just for bass players, mm -hmm. uh, but is definitely on the very, very practical side. Would you not say that, Dave? Super practical. Yeah. Yeah. So what are we going to talk about? We're talking about quick and dirty ways of getting a demo recording. Right. Right. So, you know, wherever... Wherever your uh, wherever your level is at, right? We're we're probably mm -hmm. talking more to the folks here who are less, you know, making their living playing bass, but people who are working in kind of the semi-professional, amateur, and beginner mm -hmm. segments of our audience. Um, but whoever you are, you're probably in in a position or have been in a position where you need to record your band for yep. a demo. Right. Or it may yep. be just an ensemble that you got. Maybe it's just a piano and bass duet. Who knows? Yeah. Right? It could be all sorts of different uh, configurations. Sure. That you're working with. Right. But very practical because it's almost necessary if you if you want to book the gig. Yeah. Yeah. People want to hear you. Right. And if they haven't been to see you at a gig, mm -hmm. how do you break through? Well, a lot of times people will want a demo of the band mm -hmm. and typically what they're looking for is not something that is studio polished, right? but something that really shows how the band works together in a live environment. Right. You know, nowadays it's often the case that people can do live recordings at some of the better gigs, but mm -hmm. you know, let's face it when you're out there at, a lot of the places where I'm sure, you know, many of our kind of amateur and semi-pro listeners play, you're kind of contending with whatever the PA gear is there. You don't yeah. know whether people are going to be able to do that kind of recording. Right? Yeah, exactly. So what are some ways that you can do this yourself? What are, what are a couple scenarios that we could go with here to divide this up? Cause yeah. this feels like, yeah, this feels like a very, very large topic, right? Because right. you could go from, like super cheap, uh, you know, garage style, just like punk rock it out. Yep. All the way up to, you know, going to LA. Yeah. High quality. Like <laughs> let's all get in a, you know, studio, right. a real studio room together and just, you know, play it out. Yeah. Well, I, I think that the way to approach it is that we can look at it in a way where if you're starting from square one, you know, if we look at just recording from a single mic, place right like yeah one mic one input 
we'll use that as a starting point and then look at it as maybe two or multiple mics. Yeah. Right. So we start to expand what that sound looks like. Yeah. yeah. The budget increases a little bit, a little bit more complex. Yeah. And then we can even dive into some of the more like multi-tracking methods. Right. You know, and kind right. of patch it out that way, which, you know, that, that'll get a little bit more complex. But I think that feels like a natural path, or at least like that was my experience. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And I, I think that's the path that a lot of musicians take. And, you know, I think the key here is that we're going to tell you about one way or mm -hmm. well several ways really that this can be done um but really these are just kind of picking out like we're kind of picking out points in a right. spectrum yeah and these aren't the only ways that you could do it right there yep. are all sorts of ways in between i mean mm -hmm. essentially we could probably do you know an episode per that would be about right. 15 different ways of doing a right. demo. right you could stretch it out as much as you want yeah. And I think what we're kind of focusing on is here are some immediate low cost ways to do it. Um, I have a feeling yeah. that, you know, we're probably going to end up, you know, uh, this, this may end up being a pretty big discussion. So, you know, when we get to the, the end of the spectrum, that is more about like where you're doing a lot of prep and there's a lot more equipment involved, um, you know, that starts to look much more complex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll have, we'll have some room for that discussion as well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if anything, it's just, these are, these are just points of discussion where you, it, as you get into it, you know, at that point when you know which direction you want to go, yeah. then there's Google. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And you can dig into like specifics within those areas. But. Right. Right. Cool. You know, so you can really, the thing about this spectrum is you can really start simple mm -hmm. and you know, as you become more experienced, as you get more comfortable with the gear, with the technology and how to do these things, you can kind of move on yep. from there, right? As you go. And that's that's one of the nice things about doing recording is you can kind of start with, you know, what do you have right now? Right. Yep. And and I think the main thing that you need to have, I mean, mm -hmm. if you're gonna be doing recordings. I mean, let's face it, the one thing you can't do without is a microphone. Right. You need a microphone to start out. And so if you take that, that very beginning step mm. is really about one microphone. Right. And this is probably a good time to talk about the difference between a couple different types of microphones. Yeah. Because some of them are great for certain kinds of performance and recording, and then they may not be as good for you know, broad, uh, yep. you know, multiple sound sources, uh, for recording. Right. And so let me try and, let me try and get more specific so people will understand what we're talking about. Like the most, you know, probably one of the most famous iconic types of mics that people will have out there is like a Shure SM57 or 58. And you'll find other types of microphones like that, right? Like, yeah. you know, maybe it's a, you have an AKG, you know, D5 or something like that, or a, or a Samson, mm -hmm. like an S11 or a Q, what is it, Q3 or something like that. You know, there are all these mics that are basically like the same kind of mic. They're they're built for you to put up on a, a stand and, mm -hmm. you know, use them for vocals and whatnot. Yeah. Those are dynamic microphones. And they typically are used for single sources of, uh, of sound right. that are going to be fairly close to the microphone. Yep. 
um, and they're going to be heard, you know, they're going to be heard extremely well by the microphone. Right. But they drop off really quickly as you move away from the mic. Right. Their ability to respond goes away really quickly. So those mics don't do so well. Like if you're trying to sing into one of those mics from like two feet away, they don't tend to work that well. Right. Unless you are incredibly loud as a singer. Right? Yeah. I would advise that, you know, singers probably would not want to be that loud. Right. <laughs> so it'd be really hard on their on their voices. Right. So those mics are made for you to be fairly up close, you know, anywhere from like right up on it to maybe, I don't know, six, eight inches away. Yep. Yeah, you know, that's that's kind of their their range. There's another kind of microphone uh, called a, a condenser microphone, mm-hmm. and these are made with very, very large, what they call diaphragms, and they're, mm-hmm. they're just what they sound like, right? They're uh, they're kind of a, a skin or a, or a um, a surface that's stretched, uh, usually across like a circular panel, mm-hmm. not always, but usually like a circular panel, and it's kind of stretched like that to keep it tight, and they respond really well to all the sound that they hear around them, just like your ears do. Right. Right. So they're a little different than dynamic mics because just like you hear, you know, you can hear a pin drop in the, well, unless you're, you know, unless your hearing's really bad. Right. Yeah. I might not be able to actually. (laughs) I'm not sure I would either. But, you know, you can hear things (laughs) in a room around you, even if they're not right up next to you. Right. Like those little sounds that make you go. They scare right. you after you're watching a yeah. you know, scary movie or something. Ah. <laughs> Thanks, hearing. Thanks, man. That's more like your um that's more like a condenser microphone. So right. I think you know the point of talking about those two two kinds of mics is that um you know th- these mics are going to be the things that you're gonna make a recording with. Mm-hmm. Um and then you know, there's another point, which is the mic needs to go into something of some sort, right? Yeah. to um to basically pull the signal from the microphone yep. and bring it up to a level that you can then run into like a computer or a tape machine or whatever it is that you happen to have more than likely it's a computer though, right right nowadays um so a lot of times that'll be like a uh, you might have a little mixer right yep those are perfect you have a uh an XLR cable right these are these yep. kind of these kind of fat ended three pin or three hole configurations that you plug into the mic on one side, you plug them into the mixer on the other and that gets your, your signal from the mic to the mixer, right? The mixer has a little preamp in it and that will get the signal to where it needs to be. And then you have that mixer you're going to run into, you know, maybe a USB, it might be a USB mixer and you right. just plug it into your computer and you're ready to yep. go. Right. Uh, or, you might run that mixer into some sort of recording device, like a, an interface, and then it, yep. the interface is connected to your right. computer. Um, alternately, if you have like something older, maybe you've got like a, a tape deck or something like that, you could run the mixer into the tape deck and do the recording that way. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, that's kind of hip. Actually. There's probably some lo-fi folks out there. Yeah. yeah there's, I mean, I, I, I will never, I mean, I, I love, I have my, I had a, my first four track recorder. I had a multi-track, like a, a you know something for making music and it was mm-hmm. like a four track cassette recorder. Yeah, uh, it was a Yamaha and I loved it. It was great. Um, that's cool. And that's how I kind of first got started. But you know, again, this doesn't you don't need necessarily all that equipment, but yeah. you are going to need something to get you know from the microphone to a computer. Now I will say you can even go simpler than that. So one idea is to have a mic, uh, like 
there's there's a one I'm thinking of in particular mm-hmm. uh, by by Blue. It's called a snowball, and right. you literally run a cord from the microphone right into the computer. It's just a USB microphone. Yep. Boom, you're ready to go. That's right. One and done. Yep. Right? So that's that's a really really easy way to do it. Um, and again, you know, the thing about the the single mic is, you know, you want you probably if if you are going to be recording a group, um, you want to make sure that the mic can get all of your sound. Right? right. Like, I don't know. Have you, have you done like one mic, mm-hmm. one mic demos before? Like, how did you, like, what did you end up doing when you, I, when you did a one mic? Yeah. Demo? My investment, I want to say is mm, right around a hundred dollars. Yeah. And, and I went with the zoom recorder that oh, has yeah. like, and it has the four channel option so you can actually put it, you know, in the middle of the room. It'll capture everybody, um, or in a direction you can kind of focus it. It it'll give you different options as yeah. to like what direction you want the mic to catch, and what like to what degree. Yeah, and the quality is good, and it goes all onto a little like what do you call those little memory cards? Yeah, like an SD card or something. Yes, like yeah, the, the same ones you put in cameras. And you stuff. got it. Yeah. yeah, and it'll and there's a bunch of space on it just for that. Yeah, and that's. That's where my starting point was. And and yeah. actually I used it just because I was using them not for demos so much as to capture live recordings. Right. So that I could take notes of things that were going right or that were going wrong. Right. And then I could also use it as a demo. Excellent. Yeah. 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 And like you, you know, I think you hit on something really important there, which is that, you know, the zooms, a lot of them, you can adjust how directional they are. And like one of the right. settings is like omni. Yep. Directional, which basically means like, hey, I'm going to pick up anything around me, whatever yep. it is. And those end up being pretty good for doing like a one, like one source, you know, that one and done kind right. of recording. And then you can take that card and slap it in your computer and use it. Yep. Um, the way, yeah, I guess that the way to, to, to use those or, or one of the things to, to think about is, um, you know, making sure that you get the right balance of instruments and, right. you know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to experiment to kind of figure out where that is. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if it's, if you put that thing like really close to the drums, but then, you know, that the vocalists are over on the other side of the room or everybody's facing the other way with their guitar amps, yeah. you're going to get a lot of drums and not much else. Yeah. And depending on like what that mic is picking up, because whatever you're buying, if it is on a budget, yeah. it may have some strengths, it may have some weaknesses. Yes. And if it's very like boomy and muddy in general from coming in, you just want to make sure that you're kind of like guiding it toward the higher end stuff yeah. so that you are picking up if it's vocals that you want to yeah. kind of, you know, yeah. be on that high end. Yeah. What I, what I typically, what I typically recommend for folks is have, if you're going to be recording like this, have really long guitar chords like from your like from your bass say, mm-hmm. to the to your amp have a really long cable and the reason that you want that is like you know then you can kind of like pick up the zoom mm-hmm. or whatever pick up the mic and go around the room and listen to what's going on right yeah um you know take it take the mic with you or the zoom with you or whatever mm-hmm. move around the room go to a space and kind of you really have to listen, set the thing down and, you know, play a number with the band and hear, 
see what you're hearing, right? Yeah. Um, and one thing to be careful of is you probably this is where you want to think about like how loud are we rehearsing or how loud are we right. how loud are we playing in here? And remember that you know if if it feels like if it's really loud and blown out in that room, I mean it's cool to rock out and everything. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is if you're if you're rocking out at show volume in mm-hmm. a, in a little room with one of these things, it's it's not going to come out well. Right, like you're gonna the mics will just be overloaded. So yeah. you have to get things down to a a reasonable volume. And then, you know, again, kind of position yourself where you feel like things are balanced. And then mm-hmm. if you put the mic there, things are going to be pretty good, right? So you got to listen, yep. you know, use your ears as a substitute microphone, essentially. That's right. Yeah. Right. So then if you can find a place where things are balanced out, okay. Like you can hear the vocals above the music. Um, you know, the instruments are, seem like they're mixed well, like the, the, the bass is about as loud as the kick drum is. Yeah. And, you know, the guitars are not so loud that you can't hear the singer if you have one. Right. And again, we're mm-hmm. kind of making yeah. some assumptions, right? I mean, cause maybe you don't have all that. Maybe it's like an instrumental, you know, you're doing like instrumental kind of like grind core or something like that. So you right. may have a particular kind of sound you're looking for. Sure. The main thing is just, you know, use your ears to determine it. Does this sound like I would expect uh, to want to hear a recorded band and yeah if, and if it's similar you're good right right put your mic up and get going that's right and, and all of this i think is with the thought especially when we're you know approaching this from a practical bass standpoint it's that you as a bassist or as a musician are the one that's taking ownership of making this happen yeah and if that's the case then the right thing to do is also to make sure that you're given the space with your you know with your bandmates that you can, uh, you know, trial and error, make sure that you have enough time to work through this stuff. Yeah. Like just throwing a mic up and then hitting go and then not sort of looking back at it at all. Yeah. You're going to end up with something that's whatever it is. Yeah. You won't even know if it's good or bad or if it could have been better because it just is what it is. Yeah. Versus blocking the time out where you could say, you know, I want, if you have quick playback ability record a couple of spots where the mic can be placed. Yeah. Then say, okay, guys, take a 15-minute break, then go to your computer, play it back, spot one, stop, spot two, three, or four, and then you can figure out, you know, which one yeah. sounds the best. Oh, yeah, such a good point. Yeah, the, the idea being like, you know, this the, the thing about making a, a, a quick and dirty recording like this is, you know, you're, you're not – paying really for your your time right it's it's how much time you want to put into it so right yeah uh definitely like try recording different places around the room you know make a note as to which one okay at 10 minutes in i move the mic over to this area right you know just make yourself a little note about it yep at you know 15 minutes we tried the song again and i put the mic over here and then compare them and see which one's right you know the one the one that you can live with right yeah um I think, you know, one other thing I guess we didn't talk about is, you know, with the Zoom, it's, you know, it's easy. you got this little card. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you've got like an omnidirectional mic that plugs right into a computer, yeah. that's easy too. But, you know, what do you record into? And I would say, well, if you're a Mac person, you know, GarageBand is the is the right. least expensive and easiest way to go. It's built in, you mm-hmm. know, you're not going to pay anything for it. All you have to do is just, you know, select the mic as the input and hit you know hit record on the computer yeah. and go to town 
Or if you have that Zoom, right, you pull that card out, you can take the audio tracks or the, I should say audio track, maybe right. it's on the card because it might be one or it might be two if it's stereo. Right. And then you can pull those into GarageBand, like you can load them in right. from that, you know, from that, that card. Yes. And if it's not that, there are other things out there that are free. Reaper, I know is one yep. that you like a lot, right? Yep. I use Reaper. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's a free that is a free fully featured digital audio workstation. Yep. Um that you can use. You can pull your tracks in there and yeah. you know, you can even do some, you know, maybe a little bit of sweetening. Like if the mm -hmm. if the bottom is a little boomy, you might be able to pull a little bit of that out yeah. with an EQ. Uh you know, there's only so much you can do. You want your your recording to be as good as it can be, but within reason, remember right. this is a quick and dirty demo. That's right. Right. right? So um, yeah. You know, within reason, you can do some yeah. some interesting things to it. Yeah, a little bit of editing will certainly feel dramatic. Exactly, it'll feel dramatic. And there are some others out there that are um, that are similar, right? Similarly, mm -hmm. uh, you know, no pay things, right? Like if you have a Windows machine, you have Sound Recorder that's built in. You could record mm -hmm. direct into that from a microphone if you need yep. to. Um, couple other things that are out there i think pro tools first so yeah. if you want to get into you know what the pros use you can you know download pro tools first for free it has a limit on number of tracks but you know again same deal it's you know if you're only doing you know like one or two tracks or something like that it's yeah just as easy as anything else yeah and it's a matter of how you have to be honest with yourself as as far as how much time you want to invest in it exactly. and how and how technologically savvy you are like if you feel yeah. like you have difficulty using microsoft word then maybe like just stick with what works like the yeah. more simpler programs the that have like easier yeah that have like record stop playback yeah maybe a little bit of like oh you know buttons that like will sweeten the sound a little bit right because once you get into the more like complex ones they can be cumbersome yes and intimidating yes absolutely yeah so you know, definitely pick the thing that's that's right for you yeah in doing this and you know if you're a person who likes simplicity uh you know the great thing is you can do that really easily yeah um in in whatever um computer you're using yeah so i guess that's a good start right for the single mic right idea what about graduating to the next level up where you have a few mm -hmm. mics like, what does that look like? When you did your first, mm -hmm. let's say not to the level of like, you know, liking all these things really right. detailed ways, but like when, like, have you ever done something where you did like maybe two or three mics or something like that? Yeah. What, like what's the next, what does the next step look like for you? And I feel like for me, it was definitely um, that having, having a single mic where it wasn't a Zoom recorder, but really it was a mic that was going into you know, some interface, some mixer. Once you have that mixer and it has other yeah. inputs open, then all of a sudden you start thinking, wow, for like cheap, I can get another condenser and throw something else up. Yeah. And that to me was, it, it added a lot, a, 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 just a huge difference in sound. Yeah. Because now I could start really messing around with, you know, what, um, just the, the overall like thickness of the set of the sound and, you know, I didn't have to get so lucky with that one perfect placement. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? Now exactly. I can have two or maybe three, whatever yeah. it is. But, you know, that was a for me, and that was basically Mike's going into a mixer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, 
we found in one of my bands when we were doing a demo that, you know, the really tough part for us was kind of having the drums sound good and not mm -hmm. overwhelm everything else when right. you're in a little space. And so being yep. able to take a couple mics and like have, you know, obviously the singer needed one. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we could like have the singer on on their own mic, um, have one that was, you know, out in front of the drum set mm -hmm. and, you know, maybe one that we could hang in front of a, a guitar amp yep. um, would be, you know, would be easier. And again, you know, when you're, when you're starting out, these are the things that you learn, you know, by doing a little at a time, yep. um, you know, over, over the years, you can get much more sophisticated, but you know, that level in between where you just use a, a few mics can be a lot of fun too. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned, you know, the mixer, right. As being like a real, like that right. is kind of the, that's, that's the step that kind of takes you to the next level where you can plug a bunch of things in at once right and kind of you know maybe you can eq each one a little bit mm -hmm. you can make sure the input is at a good level and yeah you know and you're going to be able to like have some idea of what that's going to sound like as it's going to the computer right exactly and i think for um you know like i think if i remember specifically i would have the bass amp would be placed pretty close to the bass drum. Yeah. Because those were my low end. So I wanted to kind yeah. of capture those in one together piece. One was going above the drum kit and then the yeah. other one was really pointed toward vocal mics and the guitars. Yeah. Yeah. And this way I had, you know, sort of like compartmentalizing yeah, like the like different your, sound areas. Yeah. Like you had your low end, you had your thumpy parts here, mm -hmm. you had like your, your mid range kind mm -hmm. of here and then maybe yep. something to get the high end or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. And that's when I think when I started that is when I realized like it can get a little bit complicated because you can't yeah. just take like any old passive mixer. Yeah. And then just like plug it in. Yeah. Yeah. Because most don't record multi, like most don't send multi tracks out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They, they sort of give you like an out. You whichever get a signal. Way. You get right? a signal. Maybe left and right if you're lucky. Maybe left and right. Yeah. yeah. And, and from that point you had to, if you know, you have to figure out like those levels. Yeah. And then kind of hope that they're all going in at the right, you know, together. Yeah. You're kind of like predetermining that. Yeah. It's not like you can go in later and then edit each track. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, so nowadays, I mean, we have a lot more choices right. available. Um, you know, there are mixers out there that you can attach to your computer straight mm -hmm. away with a USB or with um, Thunderbolt or, yep. or Firewire or something. Actually, Firewire is not even really a thing anymore, but used to be. It's called something else now too. Well, like they, th uh, they used to. Ha I mean, it used to be on all the systems, but yeah. I, you know, nowadays it's all like Thunderbolt and USB. Thunderbolt, yeah, and USB, yeah. and they have USB three. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, USB three nowadays, and and Thunderbolt two. I think they're mm -hmm. on. Um, but in any way, in, in any case, these are. You know, these are all like the the types of interfaces that you can plug something into mm -hmm. your, your computer. And so they make mixers nowadays that you can easily plug in like that. But mm -hmm. I would say if you're if you're going to that point, then you know, just just right. as cheap an option and, yep. and as flexible an option is something like a digital audio interface. Right. And these can go, you know, you could spend as little as forty nine dollars on some of these. Yep. And they may only have like a single input or like one mic and one guitar. And that's all yeah. they do. Um, you can go from that and they kind of step up mm -hmm. in 
in in ranges. And the nice thing about this is you can usually find something to fit just about any budget. So you right. might spend forty nine dollars on a bare budget. You know, like it, it only has one input. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can really only use it for something like I'm going to do an acoustic demo of myself. Right. Right. All the way up to okay. Here's like as we step up, maybe the next one up has like two inputs. Mm-hmm. The next one has four inputs. And then yep. it has a couple different output options. And then maybe the next one has like six or eight. And as you go up, they don't get that expensive. Right. Like you got your 49 to $99 category. And then you got like, okay, the next level up is going to be like 179 or $199. Right. And the next one up is like eh, 299 to $399, something like that. Yeah. Right. So whatever your budget is, you can find something in that area. Right. And the great thing about those is, you know, the interface plugs right into your computer. And so, again, if you're using like, you know, you probably want to be using something for these, mm-hmm. like GarageBand That's or, right. or something like that, where you can actually get each of those inputs is going to come in on its own track. Yep. And then you can decide later how you want to mix them together, right? Like, oh, yep. the, you know, the drums are really loud. The vocal isn't quite as loud, but you can bring the drums back a little, bring the vocals up, and now you're going to have a much easier to understand recording. It's still live and it's still you, but it's just going to sound a little better to, you know, to the listener. That's right. Um, So I really like the idea of using an interface for anything more than just that, like one and done. thing. Right. It's like, you might as well practically. Yeah. That's, I guess that's my point is like, and and I know once we start talking about multiple mics, it is. It is a huge difference from using the single mic. Yeah. But once you get there, now you get into an equipment issue. Yeah. And then once you're there and you cross that path, then it's like, oh, now you've got problems. Now, well, an addiction. <laughs> you have an addiction. Yeah. Now That's this is a new thing. thing. Can, now yeah. you're no longer just a bass player. You're a bass player and a guy that really likes sound. Yeah. And yeah. And that's that's kind of it. That's kind of it. Like you you go over that threshold. Mm-hmm. And no turning now, back. Yeah. Now you're, <laughs> yeah. Now you're part of this whole, like a whole new world of, yeah. of recording and, you know, it's it a lot and of fun. To me, like it, this is a very practical piece because I think really for both of us in our experiences, we're both the, the musicians that are not only the bass player, you know, not only yeah. like backup vocalists, right? Yeah. Like another thing you can add into your, into your tool bag, but also the ones that can record. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not every not every button. Yeah, not every guy is gonna have that. That's right. That, uh, and you bring that to the table. In their back pocket. Yeah. 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 And it it really is helpful to be able to do that sort of thing with a band because mm-hmm. you can have really talented folks and they just don't know how to get it captured. And if you start yeah. to work with this stuff, it is like you said, it's one more thing that you have it is something that you can sell yep. as part of the whole package. That's right. Right. That you bring to a band or you bring to a gig or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. So that's the point. I think that we realized that this is a pretty big, um, we realize this is a pretty big yeah. topic and, and, and we're, we're definitely going to overshoot our, our time. Um, so maybe that's a good place to, right. to stop for today. We are going to be back next week with more of this discussion because I think we wanted to get into more of the mm-hmm. complex yeah. idea of like how how do you get from that point like these, you know, just a few mics like the yep. single and 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 maybe a few mul- like multi miking 
up to like, oh, we're going to really like, we're going to do it a big time. We're going to, you know, mic up drums and everything else and multi-track it and, and all yeah. that sort of stuff. And, and I think the other thing is we still need to give people, I think there's some tech tips on how to make sure you're getting the best signal and sound into your right. recording, right? That's right. Yeah, because it's it just it involves it involves a lot more. But you're if you're already there, like you can cross that line and get to that point. But yeah. it is, it just requires a lot more information. Yeah, yeah. I think then we're able to get into one into one shot here. So, cool. yeah. We'll, so we'll we'll be back next week, I think, with uh, with some more on you know, making a, a quick and dirty demo. Maybe getting from the quick and dirty to maybe the not so quick and not so dirty. Either. Yeah, like maybe a. Uh, a, a more complex and slower but cleaner yeah. demo process. Right? Less quick, yeah. cleaner. Yeah, so we'll we'll definitely be back next week with that. Um, I hope that you've enjoyed the first half of what we presented here on, on demos and that you will turn on some of your musician friends to it, right? You can subscribe to the podcast really easily on podcasts on your Apple device on iTunes on your Mac OS device, on Google Play Music on just about any device, and Stitcher Radio on any platform, basically any podcatching app you have out there. You can do a search for Practical Bass and find our podcast. And when you do, we hope that you will subscribe. And what that's going to do is it's going to give you uh, a new copy will be, you know, will show up in your app every week fresh and hot off the press and we never charge for this it's 100 free now and always and we hope that you'll enjoy it and pass it on to others if you have some feedback that you'd like to offer us at any time we love to get mail from people on, on uh, things that they've heard or things they picked up or ideas that you all have or topics you would like to see us touch on in this podcast we'd love to hear from you you can find us through the contact form at practicalbase.com or just email us at podcast at practicalbase.com. And Dave and I check all that email uh, the moment it comes in. We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, so we, we hope that we will. And uh, you can also find us on all the socials, of course, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, Google Plus. We are out there. If it's out there, we're out there. And uh, yeah, we look forward to hearing from you. So until next week when we talk a little more about demos. I'm Paul Frields. I'm Dave Guzman. And this has been Practical Base. Thanks for listening. Yeah. <laughs> Sushi? I'm like, Sushi? I'm like, you know, Kill Bill. Remember Kill Bill? Right. Like, um, the the bride, like her character, she shows up and mm -hmm. and and she's pretending not to be able to speak Japanese to the guy in the sushi. Bar. Right. She's like, oh, I know, arigato. Right. And she's like, I know, domo. And then she says, Did I say arigato already? <laughs> and, that was it. and then like, and then like two minutes later, after the. The, the hood has come off like you know she's right. what she's there for and then she starts just like speaking fluent Japanese <laughs> <laughs> you say arigato like we say arigato yeah. <laughs> <laughs>